So, Barbara, let's talk about, we're getting to the topic of today. Let's talk about the risks posed to healthcare workers, and particularly nurses, by these indoor healthcare environments uh, where some substances typically utilized or found in these facilities can be asthmogens, which are agents that cause asthma or triggers of asthma. What is happening? Well, I'm glad you distinguished those two because I think to start out with, it's really important for people to understand that. So, Asthma is really an immune dysfunction that plays out in the lungs. And so there are some chemicals that can cause the disease of asthma, and those are called asthmogens, and most people don't know that word even. So asthma triggers are those chemicals, products that will cause an asthma attack or an asthma event in somebody who already has the diagnosis and has the disease. And so in the healthcare setting, we have both of those things. We have chemicals that are known asthmogens, meaning known to cause as a primary diagnosis asthma, and then those a myriad of products that actually can trigger, trigger the event in nurses. And one of the facts that people especially nurses don't necessarily know, is that um, they are the second largest employee group to have a diagnosis of adult-onset asthma, and second only to janitors Mm -hmm. who are also in the hospital, side by side. Breathing in all of the same chemicals and problems. Right, exactly, with the same, you know, actually more cleaning products in hospitals than in a commercial building, and as well as sterilants and disinfectants. And I Over and over, I'll be talking to nurses about this um, when they're in the audience, and I'll ask them, you know, who who of you have had a diagnosis as an adult? And they raise their hands and then look around, and they never thought that it was associated with actually workplace exposure. And I certainly didn't. As you're saying this, it makes perfect sense to me, but it never occurred to me. And sadly, I'm the type that would look at my fellow asthma nurse to say, "Mm, what'd you do? Right. Oh, right. Boy, aren't you one of those? Blame uh, the victim. Yeah, totally. Completely. Isn't there some psychological component to your asthma, ma'am? So, when did we start figuring this out? I think that um, those people who have been working in asthma have known about, for instance, the relationship between that and latex for. 20, 30 years. And we've been really trying to encourage hospitals to go latex-free for a very long time. There have been nurses all over the country, in fact, all over the world, that have had full-on anaphylactic shock from latex exposures. And so anybody who has a sensitivity to this, and that is a lot of nurses, uh, have initial sensitivity to this, should really be wary. And, And on the floors where nurses have significant sensitivity in that they start wheezing or coughing, they should really go latex-free. And the nitrile gloves and other products are now cost-comparative. They really need to be moving in that direction. And is everybody not moving? Because the places I work have the nitrile gloves. Does not everybody have those? Do they those? have them as an option, or have they completely converted They're completely converted. No, absolutely everybody has not completely converted. Wow. All and why not? Is it a cost issue? It's a minor cost issue, but when you start putting together the full cost of this, So you've got lost work days, Mm -hmm. and you've got liabilities, and you've also got more vulnerable patients. So for instance, 
children who have been in a NICU and have had a lot of latex and other products being used, they tend to be much more susceptible. Those are also the same children that may come to the hospital more often as they Right, as they so it's the up. chicken and the egg for those poor well, yeah. they get kids. Because they, right? Yeah, they get sensitized early, right. and then we're really, you know, having to catch up. Wow. So we should just be, and emergency rooms absolutely should be latex-free because you don't know who's coming into the Well, so should a room. NICU. Yes. Oh, my God. If there's any place yes. that should be, but they don't units. have their immune system intact already, and you're already That's right. That's testing right. it to its limit. Yeah, so there are a lot of things in NICUs that we should be working on. And there's just now starting to be some research looking at the indoor air quality in the isolates. Oh, boy. Because most, you might not know this, but most isolates don't have any ventilation. Because yeah, of course it doesn't. And they're plastic. Yeah, the NICU well. babies are mostly on respirators, right? And, and for NICU, let's say for people who don't understand that, neonatal intensive care. Intensive care units, right. Anyway, so you clean those little isolates, and then you put the baby, this little two-pounder or less, in there with these very immature lungs. And when you start weaning them off of the respirators, they're breathing that not very good air. So nurses are, you know, starting to look at this and pay more attention to the air around their patients, to the products that we use, and moving forward in really good ways at addressing some of these issues through preferable purchasing, you know, really looking at the kinds of products that are being brought in, working more closely with the facilities managers and the environmental services to bring healthier products. And are hospitals by and large on this train so that they're wanting to be latex-free and they see it as a cost concern of theirs or no? We have a lot more work to do to get all hospitals latex-free. And it's really in their best interest. This is the thing I can't say enough about because the hidden cost on the back end is great. Mm-hmm. And overall health is great. And God forbid for those corporate people, you're going to have children in this hospital. Well, that's <laughs> Your exactly right. kids will right. be there at one point. But it's just like our federal government. So the costs come out of a different budget than yes. the cost of purchasing the product. Right. Yes. And so if you've got somebody on top who's looking at the full cost accounting, those are the people that we really need to prevail upon to look at this. Mm. But typically you've got, you know, environmental services who are or or the people who are purchasing latex versus nitrile and they're saying, Oh, latex is a few pennies less. Let's buy those gloves than the others. You see what I mean? Sure. I definitely see what you mean. And so should the public and the healthcare professionals be alarmed? Is this urgent alert sort of deal? I mean, how often is this happening really? Where well, if you're a nurse who's sick? experiencing anaphylactic shock, you should be alarmed. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the fact so. is that's a risk that we have to those nurses who have become sensitized. So right. we know that nurses are more sensitized than the general public. And so while we definitely should be concerned about patients who are coming in that are sensitized, particularly children, We should be concerned about the nurses who are spending 24-7 in the hospital. And it's a good population to study the effects of latex Mm -hmm. and the effects of problems. I mean, we could learn a lot if we would just take it to its natural conclusion and then start studying the effects of this and what it does, we could learn a lot. I would say that latex is actually one of the products in the hospital that we have spent a fair bit of time in. There are others that I think are just as interesting and just as prevalent, like fragrances. Mm. So fragrances are in our cleaning products. They're in the personal care products that we use. They are in everybody's shampoo that comes traipsing in the door. They're even in the the diapers that you use and the pull-ups that you use. They are in in everything. everything. (laughs) They They really are. We 
went crazy with that. You get one thing and it just takes off. And yeah. what is the harm in those fragrances? Well, fragrances are complex mixtures of chemicals. They have endocrine-disrupting chemicals in them, oftentimes, sometimes reproductive toxicants. Sometimes they have carcinogens. So, for instance, musk which is used in some fragrances, and it's a naturally occurring product, is a known carcinogen. 